Hi, church. So great to be with you virtually today. And um, we are off in 2021, and we still believe that the gospel is the greatest story in the news as ever told, and that we have an opportunity in lockdown, in the pandemic, to still advance the joy of Jesus to our world and to our city. And so um, I pray that this morning that you are encouraged by the good news of Jesus and alive and awake to all that he's doing and that you get to participate in that. And that's a beautiful thing that Jesus uses us, his church, to participate in his restoration and renewal of all things. And so we want to start this year off by cultivating um, a deep intimacy and longing and hunger for the person and presence of Jesus. And so we're going to continue in this series called Seek First, because we want to seek first the kingdom of God above and beyond anything else, no matter what else is going on in our world, we are called to bring and establish his kingdom here on earth, here in our zip codes, here in our households. And so um, today's story is it's a familiar one. If you've been around the church for a while or Sunday school lesson, And Jesus, we find Jesus in the temple courts and he's answering questions. He's debating and and teaching. And um, a lot of the religious leaders and the people of the day are are challenging him and his and his teaching up to what they understood about what the scriptures taught and who they expect the Messiah to be. And he's at the end of this discourse. And it says that. He's at the the temple and he's on the side observing the worship of the women through giving. And um, it says here in verse 41, Jesus sat down the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts. So this is temple area was divided into sections called courts. And Jesus is in a section called the, the court of women. And in this court, you have 13 different trumpet shaped jars or containers in which offerings donations, charity, giving was dispersed, was put in. And so Jesus was observing their worship through giving. And um, he noticed that there were a large number of people giving in um, large amounts of money. And it's noticeable because they wanted it to be noticeable. And not only that, the, the currency of the day was was in the form of coins. And so they would put their coins in these dispensaries and they would make noises as they as they went into the jars and people could hear it and Jesus could hear it. And they were making their giving known to all who were around. And um, this uh, this sound 
for someone who didn't have much to give, must have, they must have felt inadequate. And so Jesus always was warning his followers, warning the religious leaders about putting their religion out for people to see. About putting the religious for outward gain, for selfish gain. And um, putting money in the offering for all to see was a surefire way to gain social status and public stature. Right, we see it in a we see it in our culture even today. If someone gives a large gift publicly to a charitable donations, they get they get noticed, they get applauded, and um, they get their name on the name of the foundation or on the building. And so this this story is not a story about a number given, but about the proportion of the heart. Of the giver. And so Jesus here, he, he juxtaposes the giving of the wealthy to the giving of the poor. But what he also does is he, he, he highlights the disparity of their hearts. Verse 42 But a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Two small copper coins. They would have called it a lepton. And it, it was the lowest denomination in circulation. Not, not a religious denomination, a, 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 new, a money denomination. She had a couple pennies. They were worth one sixty-fourth of a denarius. A denarius was one day's wage. And so the coin was one sixty-fourth of one day's wage. Two of the coins in which she had was about, one commentator says, about 10 minutes of farming work. Like a, a farmer work, that worked 10 minutes, that would have been how much they would have made. And this is all that she has. She takes these two coins that are worth little to nothing in the currency in the world of her day. But to her, it's all she has. And it's worth something. It's worth a whole lot to her. I remember we had a woman in, in our church and um, when the giving baskets would go around or we'd do times of offering and collection that she had little or nothing to put in the offering and what she would ask if she could bring some food. And I said, sure. And so she would go in her kitchen and make out of whatever resources she could find with her last and make a meal to share and bring to the table to share with the church. And it was the most moving act I've witnessed and experienced in church. And, and the reason why is not because it was the best food in the world, but because it was her best and because it was her all. This widow in this story who has lost much in her life, who has been pushed to the margins of society, doesn't have much, doesn't know what the future holds, takes what she has, all she has, and she gives it as an act of worship and surrender. 
And see, her her worship isn't noticed by the religious leaders. In fact, it's intentionally overlooked because she's not giving much in the metric in which they're measuring. And she has no one to defend her, no one to pick up her cause, no one to stand up for her. And regardless of this, she brings what she has to the table. She brings what she has to the table because she knows that God is worthy of it all. It's it's reminiscent to the scene of Mary Magdalene in the presence of Jesus gets the most valuable thing she has, a box of perfume, an alabaster box, and she breaks it open in front of everyone and wipes Jesus' feet as an act of worship. And you are are worthy of 10,000 boxes of perfume. One commentator says this, this Woman, this genuine, wholehearted lover of God didn't give a proportion. She gave everything. If she could, she would have squeezed herself into that collection box. See, with this woman, there's no holding back. She put everything in. See, I think when many of us think or hear about serving or giving, we immediately think and ask, where is the line? Like, like the, the religious leaders would ask Jesus, well, who is my neighbor? They're asking, where is the line? How much can I afford? How much can I afford and still be comfortable? In other words, we're saying, what is it going to cost me? But the deeper question or statement I believe we are making is, is it worth it? Is it worth it to give it all? The psalmist says that we should praise God according to his surpassing greatness. That our worship is based on God's goodness. Our worship is a response to God's goodness. See, there's no there's no check or amount that we could write to cover all that God has done. But the appropriate, the only appropriate thing that we can do is respond by giving him our all. By saying, Lord, you can have it all. That you can have all of me. All that I have is yours. And see what Jesus does here after he observes what this woman does. He calls his disciples because this is a teaching moment. He's teaching his disciples the way of the kingdom. He's teaching his disciples what God is like. He's showing his disciples what true worship looks like. Verse 43, calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. This type of giving has probably been unnoticed for years. Even the disciples that are there probably don't even notice or see how significant a moment in the type of person that this 
woman is. And Jesus is pointing out to them, but this is not lost on God, that God sees this woman, that sees what she gives and says, I see that. That is what blesses my heart. He says, this is the picture of worship. You may think that it's about these decorated folks walking in their fancy robes who are loud, who shout scriptures, who are popular, who sit at the top of the table, who are, sit in the front row of the church is the model. But he says over and over in scriptures that humans judge the outward appearance, but God sees the heart. And Jesus in this crowded temple sees the heart of this woman who gives her last. See, Jesus is saying those who look to make a show, those who look to get the applause from human beings, to get acknowledged by those around them, have their reward. But those who give their all to God, who give to God the abundance of their heart for his praise, for his heart, those are the ones who get God. See, this is, it's not a, this is not a barter system or a hustle, but what we let go of opens us up to receive God. It changes our heart. Jesus tells the rich young ruler to sell everything, not that that would buy his way into the kingdom, but because his wealth, the accumulation of the things that he has was blocking him from receiving Jesus, was holding him back from following Jesus. Jesus goes on in verse 44. He says this, they all gave out of their wealth, but she out of her poverty put in everything, all she had to live on. I want you to pause on that for a second. Because we get very familiar with these passages and go, yeah, 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 I get it. No. Put yourself, place yourself in her shoes. She's a widow. She has no one. She's on her last. And it says, put in everything. All she had to live on. All that she had to live on. Not dispensable income. She didn't have a a savings account or a retirement plan. She didn't have a backup plan. She wasn't hedging, go, I'll give God one coin. I'll keep the other one just to see what happens. Like her, she put in everything. She says, my livelihood is dependent upon your response, God. My life is in your hands, God. And Jesus is pointing out, he's saying, this is the greatest gift of the day because she gave all she had for the glory of God. And it points to the greatest commandment that Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength. It's not partial and our love is expressed through our actions and he's saying I need all of you and she's she's expressing her love for God Jesus earlier in this chapter they were debating on should they pay taxes to Caesar give to Caesar what Caesar 
But he says, give to God what's God's. So what's God's? What is actually God's? Are you giving God all that's due to him? Your time, your emotions, your trusts, your obedience, your heart. What are you holding back? I want you to think about right now where you're at. Think about what are you, what are you holding back? What, what are you scared to say, God, I'll give you that. I have nothing else to stand on. Author Annie Diller says this. She says, spend it all, shoot it, play it, lose it all right away. Every time do not hoard what seems good for a later place. Give it, give it all, give it now. The impulse to save something good for a better place is the signal to spend it now. Something more will arise for later, something better. These things will feel from behind, from beneath, like water. Similarly, the impulse to keep to yourself what you have learned is not only shameful, it's destructive. Anything you do not give freely and abundantly becomes lost to you. You open your safe and find ashes. Jesus teaches on this, what you store on earth will rot. Like, put your your trust, put your treasures in his kingdom, put it in who he is. And listen, this is not about heaping guilt or, or trying to work you up for more religious works and activities, but this is a heart checkup. And they say, is God worthy of it all? One commentator says this, the widow cast in more than all the wealthy in the sense that relatively to their respective means. Her gift was incomparably the greater, all of which means that it is not how much we give to God, but how much we withhold for ourselves that he is concerned about. The lesson is also brought home to our hearts that in the last analysis, God wants not what we have, but us. Our hearts. See, what God, what Jesus is pointing out right here is that her heart was all in. There was no other motivation but her heart being all in for God. See, what we keep for ourselves is actually withholding from God the part that he wants of us. That God wants all of us. He wants all of our heart. He doesn't want a tip. He doesn't want just the, the excess. He wants all of us. He wants the core of who we are. I hear this saying oftentimes, it doesn't matter what you give. God knows your heart. And sometimes for me, that's very comforting. Yes, God, I do not have a lot. And but you know my heart. You're not measuring my amount, but the amount in which my heart is in it. And it's also the scary part that God knows my heart. And my heart is often tempted to keep that little part back for myself, to, to, to self-preserve 
to hold back, to withhold from him. And Jesus teaches over and over again, giving like deeds and words reveal the heart. Jesus told his disciples before they were even going to follow him all the way, he tells them to count the cost. He tells us, us, followers of Jesus, count the cost because following him requires all of us. It requires all that we have. It requires everything that we've ever held on to that gave us worth, that gives us worth. He requires us to be the willingness to with open hands to let it go, to follow him. Jesus counted the cost of our redemption and held nothing back. He says he gave his life as a ransom for many. And Jesus says in response to that, in response to him giving his life for us, is that is that we would give it all. That we would live a life of worship, a life of surrender, a life that's pleasing to God, that's aroma into his into his nostrils, that we, by the way that we love, the way that we give, the way that we serve, the way that we pour our lives out for one another and for our neighbors and the, the generosity that, that there's no need among us because we are living in response to all that God has done. And no, we can't pay him back, but we can break open our alabaster boxes of our hearts and live a life that is the fragrance and the aroma of Christ in our world. And so I pray that we would be a community that we do not hold back. That we put in everything because he is worthy. Amen. Amen. Let me pray for us. Jesus, we thank you that you know our hearts and that you are worthy of our praise. You're worthy of everything. So God, we just say we surrender all. And God, we give you worship, God. We commit our lives to following you to the ends of the earth. And we lay down our rights to be right. We lay down our pride and we lay down anything that holds us back from giving our lives fully to you. We worship you. We thank you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. If you are with family or friends, I just, or even by yourself, I just encourage you to grab crack or grab a bread, grab some grape juice or some wine. And just remember that Jesus body was broken for you. His blood was shed for you that we might be with him for eternity and sit with one another one day at his feast in his kingdom that he's going to establish. Amen. Let me close us with the benediction. Words will be on the screen. 
Hear this. The Lord your God is the one and only Lord. Therefore, go out into the world and love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love others as you love yourself. And may God give you justice and freedom. May Christ Jesus set you free for love. And may the Holy Spirit go where you go and protect you on your way. We go in peace to love and serve the Lord in the name of Christ. Amen. Have a blessed week.